Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we are joined by 2008 Clive Churchill medal winner, Brent Kite. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer, and they are the NRL collector's choice from box breaks to individual cards they sell thousands of them from the 1960s up until recent 2020s and into the future 2021s coming out next year be sure to get all of your nrl trading card needs at gold coast trading thank you very much for joining us and how are you today i'm really good mate it's a pleasure to be here Nah, that's all good and nah, thank you it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast so i mean let's get started you got your debut for the dragons in i want to say 2002 I'm probably wrong with that statistic, but you did get your debut with the Dragons. What was it like, you know, going through the system, you know, as kids do, and being told you're going to get your start this week in first grade? It was 2002, so you're right there. <laughs> um, I was a Canberra junior, so I always okay. thought, um, you know, I grew up watching them in their heyday, I suppose, late 80s, early 90s, always thought. Well, because you're from Queenbean, would... aren't you? Yeah, Queenbian, Queenbian, and we famously uh, um, had the Raiders there at Seaford Oval back mm-hmm. in the day, and um, the Queenbian Leeds Club had a big part to do uh, with you know with kicking the Raiders off. So there's yeah. uh, that was my team growing up. I always thought I'd end up there, but this didn't quite work out. Um, I got an offer to go up to St George uh, when I was twenty. Well, I mean, if anything, that would have been the closest physical team wouldn't it other than the Raiders oh yeah I mean Sydney Sydney back then seemed a long way away mm. um, to, to leave home uh, I think I was in a situation I think a lot of young fellas will find themselves in when you're the local talent you can tend to be overlooked a little bit mm. uh, Canberra has a big catchment area out to the River Arena and um, all, all um, country New South Wales pretty much um feeders into Canberra so we would have guys coming into the team and I just yeah I suppose I just um you know got overlooked a little bit after high school and uh you know Dragons were good enough to to fling me a contract mm-hmm. um very much on potential I'd have to say I, I was an Australian schoolboy, but um I uh hadn't I played a lot of reserve grade and, and hadn't debuted in first grade mm-hmm. so they were good enough to give me a um pre-season and um, okay. I went out there and my debut was, I can't really remember my debut because it was overshadowed by the Charity Cup. Oh. It, was, it was really, that's what it feels like my debut because uh, South had just got back into the comp. Mm-hmm. And my first game really in, was against in, the, yeah. Was, was the Bunnies in, in a packed out um, Sydney football stadium, which back then was, you know, the home of yeah. rugby league. So that was pretty special. I think um, Jet Big Jason Rolls of all people, yeah, put a little grabber through. And I um, jumped on it to be the first try scorer as well. So oh, too was, easy. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was It was a um, very rapid rise to sort of, you know, stuck in uh, reserve grade for a couple of years. To a regular to start sort of thing. Yeah. So. I, I really, I didn't play reserve grade after that. So, oh, wow. Uh, Dragons was a good time, yeah, and I was surrounded by a lot of a lot of good players, a lot of representative players, so mm. learned a lot in a in a short period of time. Yeah, no, for sure. And then obviously you went over to, I mean, you said it was a it was a good time over in the Dragons. Well, I can only imagine how much of a great time Manly would have been because you then jumped ship over to Manly. You won the 08 Grand Final, 2011 Grand Final. Got Clive Churchill for your efforts in 08. What was it like during your tenure at Manly as a whole? 
Yeah, it, it was really good. I think, um, you know, having, having made the move to St. George, uh, I was very much, um, you know, after a couple of years there, and I spent three years there, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really want to go anywhere else. And mm -hmm. I think um, it was just, just happened. Uh, that year I ended up leaving. I went to Brownie, it was the coach at the time, and sort of asked for a bit of a pay rise and um, <laughs> not much, mind you. I just thought, um, you know. Maybe 10 grand more sort years. of thing. <laughs> Maybe a touch more than that, but we just had so many um, international players. We were always under salary cap pressure. Mm. And he said, "You know, just look, hold, just hold off for a bit." And as it turned out, um, our the front rowers ahead of me at the time were uh, were not really ahead of me. I was a back rower. So this is the story from going to St George to Manly. Mm. I had Jason Rolls and Luke Bailey oh, ahead wow. of me as the club front rowers, and they were the Australian front rowers. Uh, we had all these injuries in 2004. So um, Brownie said, Cody, you're it. You know, you're in the front row. And just as fortunate to have it, I had you know, six or seven games in the front row at the start of that year. And um, as, with those two blokes being out for State mm -hmm. of Origin as well, I got the yep. call up to, to go to State of Origin. And then, um, you know, uh, yeah, Dra Dragon still couldn't fit me in, but I had plenty of offers uh, oh, yeah. on the table. Um, after 2004, it was just very much right place, right time, and you know I um, got a few more bucks than I than I asked Brownie for in that preseason, so I was pretty happy with that. No, that's fair. And as you said, you had quite a few offers tabled to you. What was the deciding factor to go to Manly instead of other clubs that were obviously interested? <laughs> uh, try and be honest here, mate. It was just it was the best offer. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to set up your family. That, that's what they well, that's what it's all, that's what it's about but also the best I, offer <laughs> it was the best offer but i do tell a joke at, at these speaking gigs that there's a there's a lot of family men in rugby league you know it's it's always about their family when, mm. they, when they take the highest offer but you know i think i would have been well placed wherever i went i, mm. I was, went down to to meet craig bellamy okay oh um, wow okay that could have yeah. totally gone a different way totally you know it didn't i wasn't to know that we'd be sort of fierce rivals in the next decade um saw brian smith at Parramatta, and and the old club canberra was um looked to get me back too which was nice and i oh. always thought i'd go home i always mm -hmm. thought um after st george i'd just you know set the next chance i get to go to canberra i would but i think um you know if i'm they lowballed you a bit well no well because they initially as a kid they didn't back me i uh, always had that in the back of my head that, like maybe they won't back me even if i do sign with them sort of thing well, um, maybe just a good old-fashioned grudge, mate. Yeah. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fair. To no, yeah. no, that's fair. And, well, I mean, a little bit of a tangent off your career, but you are, I think, either now or you were a coach of a Raiders team, the Tweedhead Raiders. Are you still coaching them? And what's it like being back amongst league? Yeah, uh, I came up to Tweedhead's a couple of years ago now um and as you mentioned yeah it is the tweed coast raiders and gary belch is up here at one oh, wow. time there was a, yeah there was a bit of a the badger he was uh he was one of my favorites and one time there was a bit of a story kicking around that he he moved up here with this old set of raiders jumpers and they and that's how he kicked off the tweed coast so i've since asked him asked him about it i do have brecky with him now and then and um yeah i think that's a bit of folklore uh, we just happened to be, yeah, the green machine. Um, 
So coast the boys for the, the tweed machine time. sort of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in 2018. Um, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the time there. The, the guys have really um, bought into to the way I coach and um, they're just a really, really good bunch of guys. And I, I always plug them because they're community minded. They run a thing called the Charity Shield. Okay. They just do it for local, local people that have, um, might be outside of the, uh, the mainstream funding for various, yeah. um, just the ones that slip through the cracks. These guys yeah. after they've raised well over $200,000. They're just good oh, guys. Oh, wow. Guys. No, yeah. That's awesome. And what's better than also you get to pull on the Raiders colours? Technically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have a run. I um, yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse than going around in the local league. You see, they the old NRL players seem to have a, a target on their head. Mm, they would people like trying to prove a point that I can knock down a an NRL player, sort of thing. Yeah, mind you, Jamie Lyon did it. He came down to Ballina, and um, they play in the same comp, and he he, he um, yeah, he, he managed to avoid. Uh, and he still he still was playing at a really good level, I gotta say. So and, oh, and wow. they ended up winning it the year after in 2019. So. Oh wow, far out. Mm. Um tangenting back into your career, you played for a, a fair few rep games for as you mentioned for New South Wales, also for Australia and Tonga. Um first of all, which one do you hold in the highest regard? Your games for Tonga, Australia, or New South Wales? And also, what's the intensity difference? from state of origin and international? Um, the high, I mean, the biggest buzz was definitely origin. The first time we played origin in 2004. Uh, and the way I put it is that origin's sort of an event that not, not to the status of the Melbourne cup, but it's, if you can, if you go with me on the fact that yeah. even if you don't play footy or watch footy, you know what it is. Origin. Exactly. It's more of an, yeah. So it's, it's a big deal for the country. You've got your family's name on your back and you're representing and all exactly like my sister lives in South Australia, an AFL dominated state and her partner follows New South Wales, but was brought up in Adelaide. So it's massive. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to remember that's 16 years ago, mm. uh, 2004, and no sort of, no disrespect to the current origin model, it'll always be strong and there's such a cultural following that it'll always be strong. But 2004 was pretty close to the best of the best. And mm. Well, for the Blues, was, that's for sure. Yeah, so it um, it was, yeah, and, and, and therefore the intensity at... Um, like the intensity uh, of the Blues origin, getting that three in a row in 03, 04, 05, and then Queensland obviously eventuating into the decade of dominance, but still three in a row New South Wales, three in a row Queensland, and then that fourth one, that Queensland one, but that series, it was like, can they do it? Will they do it? Just that decade in that time frame yeah. was like, yeah, sorry, continue. I'm just reliving it through my childhood. <laughs> it was amazing okay. to watch. I mean, so that speaks to the intensity, I think. I think... Uh, I was playing at a time when the trans-Tasman test got to a pretty good standard. Mm, yeah. um, especially that Anzac test was always um, hard fought. Um, I used really, to love going re Really heated. I, I think what we'll see now with the, you know, with the rise of the Pacific teams and, and, and New Zealand um, always, always getting stronger is that maybe, maybe the test game will, the, the level will, will raise and that, mm. that will, Again, be the um, the, you know, the the highest standard of football. Even though I think New South 
New South Wales, Queensland will always have that following oh, and that tribalism. Oh, for sure. Like, Does that some, make sense? Yeah, like some guests that I've had on have said, you know, every kid wants to play for Australia, but every kid wants to play in state of origin if they grow up playing footy, you know? That's, that's so, it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. And what was it like representing your heritage by playing for Tonga? Yeah, well, I um, I first played for Tonga in the 2000 World Cup. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was just a kid and a uh, funny little anecdote. Mm. I was just playing reserve grade, but back then it's not the, the star-studded lineup that would roll out for Tonga. Mm. We mainly picked a team from... Um, from the boats playing reserve grade, I think in 2000, Willie Mason might have been our highest um, profile yep. player. Oh, wow. Willie Manu was there. Dwayne Mann, there was a few old heads that had played for New Zealand, but um, very much the bulk of it was reserve graders like myself at the yep. time. And my, my last name is Kite for the record because um, some of the Polynesians think it's the Tongan pronunciation, which is Kite. Okay, but it's um, actually but, Kite. It is quite the English spelling and uh, pronunciation, but back in in 2000, when I was when I got picked for the Tongan team, I think someone was just going through the um, through the reserve grade team sheet, you know, and they thought, oh, quite well, Kitty, you know, he must play, and they gave me a call, and I really, you know, didn't have much of a profile, so I'm pretty sure I just got um, picked off the name, which um, ironically is is a Tongan and English name. Mm. Um, and then I think you did go on to play for Tonga later on in your career. Uh, what was that like going to play on? Obviously, as you just mentioned, you played for him in the 2000 World Cup. But then I think it was actually that um, Pacific Test against Samoa that you played in. I, I want to say 2013. I'm probably wrong. Uh, what was yeah, it like? Oh, sorry. Yeah. What was what was it like playing in that after so many years of you know playing for Australia and New South Wales and all that? You know. Yeah, it was equally as um, as is uh, satisfying, but it's not really more, um, uh, you know, proud to do it. It, it was really, it was really a, um, a cool time for, for the uh, Pacific Test. Yeah. We, had, we had really not um, been on the um, losing end of a lot of those. So for Tongans too, it was probably the first, one of the first times in recent memory that we really... Um, oh, that game, you guys flogged um, them got up and yeah, gave it to them. And, and um, I think they've been building to, um, you know, towards what they, they achieved in the last World Cup and, and, and in recent years. And, and last time. year, I, th- I think it was last year, the year before, where they won three and they even beat Australia, you know? Conrad Harrell yeah, has it tattooed on him because he's just that proud, you know? Yeah, so these guys, you know, Conrad and obviously um, um, Jason Tamalolo was a roommate of mine back then. And oh, wow. it was just awesome to see... Um, you know, those guys go on and, and elect to play for Tonga other than, um, you know, New Zealand. And I just think it's just good for the game. You mm. know, it's good for to have strong, um, have a strong international game. And Jason and Andrew Fafita obviously had a, a big part in that. So they, they can be really proud. Yeah, for sure. Um, tangenting back into your regular uh, career, not the internationals, the 08 and the 2011 grand finals in particular. First of all, Congratulations on winning grand finals in your career and the way to win it, the first one to win 40 nil in a grand final against a powerhouse of a team nowadays, Melbourne. What was it like playing on that day? Um, and what was the week of celebration like afterwards? And also capping it off with Clive. What was it like finding out, you know, obviously at the end of the game, 
you know, and they, they announce your name like, shit, I'm getting Clive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you mentioned Melbourne um, being a powerhouse now. They were a powerhouse back then. Oh, exactly, so yeah. The lead up was they were in 2006. And you were against them in 07. Yep. Yeah. So we did have, um, they did very much have the wood on us up until that game. You know, they, they would have had um, uh, a, a, a pretty pretty heavy winning record uh, against Manly. And um, yep. Uh, we, we really just learned from the year before. We didn't get too carried away with the, with the build up. But um, yeah, I say about that game, it's just really, it was an emphatic victory. And it was just a culmination of, the four years of hard work, I think mm. um, that, that playing group had stuck together pretty pretty yeah. tightly, really close off the field, really genuinely enjoyed being around each, each other, you know. And um, and then, yeah, 2008 was was just the culmination of, um, yeah. Of it all, all coming together. And, yeah, and then guys um, really, you mentioned the Clive Churchill. It was, I, I, I don't say, um, you know, not trying to be modest it's just there was more than um just you that one guy heard. playing at their best you know i mm. think there was 17 guys playing close to the best game they on oh, michael played, robertson so. you know beaver Robert scored three Ro- tries so, so many that that you can mention <laughs> but again congrats to get clive it, it is a very you know unique thing it's it's a it's an elite club you could say because only one person each year can get Clive Churchill and you are amongst that, which is an amazing effort. Um, what was the contrast and comparison in the 2011 grand final win to the 2008? Um, yeah, it was a different game, different game off the bat. Uh, and it just set up differently too. I think we were expecting to play Melbourne again mm. and um, the Warriors had, had knocked them off. Uh, but the expectation and the, and the pressure probably shifted a little towards us, given that we had been there, done that. Mm. Um, and know, the Warriors like were just first one in like ten years, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that that I think that played a part in the in the in the in the week and the game. And uh, yeah, we we sort of um, found ourselves. Uh, it was just before half time. It, it was a real, really sort of close game, mm. and then. Um, uh, even towards the end of the game, it was just sort of in the balance the whole way, and I felt like it was just more of a grinding win. Yeah, okay. On. Um, it was really stark contrast to the oh, 2008, damn. but yeah, uh, there's there's reasons I mentioned that it's just Warriors sort of having nothing to lose, us sort of feeling a bit more pressure than we would have had it been a, a Melbourne. Mm. Um, just just made for a pretty gripping game and a real hard fought game. That um, yeah, some of the guys that were played both grand finals tell me that they, they that one meant more to them but mm, um, okay. in 2008 will always be special just because of that faction that we won in and being our first it was and you won in awesome. such an um, like 40 nil it's 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 record breaking you know yeah i mean that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice um, sort of milestone to have for the guys <laughs> i suppose because each each year we can watch and, and you know see if yeah if it holds up again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, the only time it came close to being broken was this year before the Panthers started scoring in the grand final. And speaking mm. of the Panthers, you had a tenure a, a few like a few years at the back end of your career at Penrith. What was it like going from Manly, the, uh, such a successful club, you know, that you'd had success that you'd had there, going over to Penrith, which has an amazing facilities, amazing staff, all that to finish off your career? 
Oh, I, yeah, I welcome the, um, the challenge to go out west. And we actually made, I think we made a prelim the mm. first year I was there. And, um, you know, when you leave a, leave a club, even though I left Manly on good terms and, and plenty of good mates, there, you sort of, I did make it a bit of a goal that, you know, we'd like to finish higher, which, yeah. um, which we did. But we had, um, as you mentioned, great program, great young talent at Penrith. And I think they've just finally got that mix of the experience and the youth and um, uh, uh, it's, it just came together this year with to, to, so they could really show um, the comp what they could do. But oh, as I said, man, yeah. you know, the old heads, the young heads, um, they've got a real good mix and they play a real good, good brand of footy. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and switching to some fun topics, if you could have a movie made about your life, what actor would you like to play you? <laughs> Oh wow! Um, I'm just thinking Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a dress-up party as Blade once, and I think I got the best dress. Oh, nice! For no other reason than I think uh, you know, similar, similar um, features. Face. If I was darker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be, and why? Oh, gee, a superpower. Um, you didn't tell me you were going to ask this one. This is a good Sorry. one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. My the missus. I was we. I was going to. I was going to the game at Origin the other the other week and um, sort of weaving through the traffic. And my missus said, "This is your superpower." Uh, you know, okay. weaving through traffic. And I thought that that's a lousy superpower. Oh, it's um, pretty great though. It's almost like flying because you can get to you know yeah, not quite as good i would have to say flying yeah no that's fair um yeah. now this one's a, a a bit more of a fun one as well pineapple on pizza does it belong on pizza or no absolutely yeah, yeah. hawaiian pizza that's that's all i knew pizza was when i was growing up just a ham and pineapple yeah, yeah no that's fair um <clears throat> i'm just going through this pineapple what was your Netflix binge during the 10-week lockdown earlier this year? Oh, we got into the OA. Okay. So was, I don't know if it's a bit of an older one, but um, yes, to our um, disappointment, they only did two series. Oh, damn. So, um, got through the two series and... Um, did you have another binge or something else? Uh, getting into... I, I'm so I, I'm a bit slow on the uptake, so I usually get into ones that people have seen years ago. So Literally, I'm the same. Yeah, like I only just yeah. started watching Friends about five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite that bad, but yeah, I'm, I've, been, I've been watching Bloodline. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, Netflix. And we've covered community. And I guess the last sort of question is, do you have any advice for any kids that would, you know, like to make it in the big leagues one day? Yeah, I think um, for the young blokes, and it was my own experience, and I still I still see the same now, that um, there's really a period from, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18, when you'll be required to probably either study or get a job and then still come out and train as if uh, football was your full-time job. Um, no, no other advice really than to just um, be resilient through that period. Uh, I remember I used to work the night shift 
um, security at like 12, 12. Oh, 12, you'd be absolutely sore after your training sessions. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're semi, especially when you're semi professional, you've got that opportunity to train full time. It's, it's really the advice is just to hang in there because if you can crack it, in, in a lot of ways, it gets easier. So it might sound funny, but, um, you know, I really remember that time being a student, uh, working, you know, part-time to full-time and trying to be a footy player. Mm. It's just been pretty, pretty hectic, pretty, pretty relentless on the body and the mind. Um, and then, you know, the social life's not as, not as what you might like it to be, but that's, that's the main advice. If you can stick through there and get yourself a, a full-time contract, it's a pretty good life. Yeah, like as in it pays off in the end, you know, all that, you know, hard work really does make it easier for you in the long run, if and when you do get that uh, full-time first grade contract. Yeah, for sure. It's worth it. It's a good lifestyle.